Aussie. This show is sponsored by Headley. Headley. This show is sponsored by Headley. Once there was this host who showed up to the podcast and she whipped right out her boobs. Remember that song, Kathy? And then Boogie came and, and he spewed some crazy stuff that made Kathy cry. <laughs> you do remember that song. It's been I in my do. head two weeks. I watched a video for those that you don't know or even care. Crash Test Dummies. It's the only song that was ever named with 13 M's. I just don't, I never understood why they were so reviled. I mean, at some point people just started hating on them. Well, it was one, it it was one of those love to hate kind of things. But I mean, the song itself was very empowering and very kind of hypnotic. And to this date, I believe the only pop song that was ever sung by a baritone that was a hit i that's what i love so much that voice was absolutely fucking amazing it was uh i was i uh relived i watched some interviews with that guy and he's like yeah just couldn't really sing like lick it up from kiss or anything <laughs> 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 you know uh... he's just like i had to go with what i knew and so all week now you because yeah as a guy as someone i've sang bass before and but I can't get his level, and so you're always like, Ugh. you got to go listen, perverted podcast listeners, crash test dummy. The song is, mm, it was a classic video, it was super popular. But that I love our duet in the beginning because that was total <laughs> impromptu. Look at that, we we could do a music show. Oh no no no. No, no, no. Anybody, all they have to do is listen to the opening of this show and go, no, no, Boogie, don't do a music show. (laughs) All right, fine, let's do our show then. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. Yay! We're back, Boogie. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording again through Zencaster, who we love to hate, but who have treated us very well because without them, there would be no show. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie. And besides uh, listening to nostalgic uh, great songs of the past, I uh, I rescued my guitar this morning. Why did your guitar need rescuing? Well, it was my fancy, super sacred guitar that I only took out of the case for recordings when I had money 15 years ago I bought. And uh, and I'm like, I got to move. I got to be ready to move. And, you know, I'm downsizing everything. I'm not going to kill myself. I know when people give it, well, I can't guarantee that, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to kill myself. But they say when middle-aged guys start giving away all their stuff that they're planning to kill themselves which might very well be true. But in this case, I'm just trying to get ready so I can go somewhere. I'm looking for a sugar mama, by the way, to all my Icelandic listeners. Uh, I am looking currently for a sugar mama around oh Reykjavik. God. I'm, you oh. know, I'm just, 
every now and again, I got to throw that out. That is my dream. That is my dream to go there. And uh, uh-huh. so if there is a sugar mama with some disposable income and maybe like a shed that I can run an extension cord to, I will lick your pussy once a week. You say that now, but if someone were to take you up on that, I have a feeling you would run for the hills. Uh, yes, the hills of fucking Reykjavik. Oh, my goodness. That's where I would run because it's all hills and there's no trees. I love trees, but there's no tree. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Uh-huh. So anyway, I was selling this fancy guitar and it was breaking my heart, but I apparently listed it way too low and didn't realize it. Uh-oh. I bought because I bought it for like 900 bucks and I, you know, a long time ago, there's a whole long story that I'll spare you. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just sell it for like 450, you know, depreciation. But the guitar is in perfect shape. Literally 99% of the time I recorded three albums with it uh, and then a couple songs and a couple comedy albums. And other than that, it has been in the case. I only pull it out. It still smells like fresh cut wood. It is an amazing guitar. Mm. And I put it up for like 450 and I'm like, okay, well, that's hopefully that'll go. And then blah, blah, blah. Um so I get a call on it right away, which I'm like, oh, that's strange. And someone's all, hey, what model is it? And people are bitching. They're like, what kind of wood is it? I just sold my dulcimer last week, my fancy dulcimer. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really use it. So I sold it to a really good musician. Um, so that was good. Huh. But this one, people are always like, what kind of wood is it? What is this? And I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm selling my sacred guitar for half of what I paid for it. Just fucking take it. So I tell the guy, I'm like, ah, it's a, a BR-160, you know? And so then mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I haven't looked on the website in years. Uh-oh. Let's see if they still have my guitar. Oh, no. And so I look and I find the website and I type in my code. Turns out my guitar is one of the higher end guitars uh, of that of that make. My Blue Ridge BR-160, and it's selling new, which mine is basically new, for 1600 bucks. Oh, please tell me you upped that amount. <laughs> I was like, no wonder this guy's like, hey, yeah, 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 I'll come, come pick it up now. And I'm like, I immediately type back, I'm sorry, this guitar is no longer available. <laughs> oh, buggy. Go to Craigslist. I'm like, delete, delete, delete. I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. I pulled it out of the case. I apologize to it. I go, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Oh I'll God. give away two other boxes of shit. It's about the same size. I can't give up. That's my studio guitar. I hear you. So I am trying to part with my belongings, but apparently I shouldn't part with that so cheaply. <laughs> Any good masturbation stories? I've talked about three music stories now, so we should probably get into some kink. Have you been masturbating properly lately? I haven't because I have some, I have a tale of woe. I have been attacked by not one, but I think it's two fucking mosquitoes that are living in my bedroom. Every night I'm like, oh good, I'm going to get into bed and masturbate. And I just can't because I am in absolute misery with these mosquito bites. There's no one on the planet that has a worse reaction to mosquito bites than I do. I can't even enjoy my my late night masturbation sessions, Boogie. Uh, It sucks. Baby, you got to get yourself some DEET. DEET does nothing but... I am not spraying my body in oil and getting my sheets all disgusting 
just and, and it, by the way, it doesn't DEET doesn't always work. So I am now on number 13 uh, mosquito bite and my mosquito bites like blister like crazy. Uh, and I'm like, maybe I could masturbate anyway. Maybe I could just try and just two minutes go by. And I'm like, oh, my God, my skin is on fire. <laughs> Well, at least you're not getting bit on the clit. That would probably be, I don't know. It's like it making would, me pull the covers up. <laughs> it would force you to masturbate a lot. You're like, my clit itches. And so it would be like red and raw. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it'd be a mosquito bit clit is uh, is going to be a hit. Ow! Um, that'll be a song, your next song, Mosquito Bit Clit. Yeah, to compete with once there was this kid who... Sorry. (laughs) (sighs) Well, it's good that we have little going on. Little is right. That life helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know the author of every post we talk about is specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, I have a post from Zara180. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was butthurt. I I had to process butthurt, so I'm excited when I have to process butthurt. I even have a song, Kathy. Here's the fourth song topic. At the end of the show, I will play a song that's directly written about this topic. About butthurt? Huh? By what? <laughs> About butthurt? About, well, kind of. Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> okay. All right. She wrote a post called, This is Just How Guys Are, in which she says, When we were little girls, we knew we had to be careful about climbing on the playground. If we had a dress or a skirt on, we couldn't climb on the jungle gym if boys were around. We knew that they would try to look at our underwear. In fact, we had to be careful wearing dresses in general. Out of nowhere, they could try to pull it up. That's just how boys are. We had to be prepared for it even when we were in first grade. When our breasts started to develop, we had to wear a bra early on. They would make comments about our breasts. They might snap our bra strap because, ha ha, that's so funny. That's just what boys did. What can you do? Try not to make a big deal out of it because that would be worse. Just look the other way. Don't smile or tell them to stop. Be quiet and move on. It was just a compliment. We should feel good about ourselves. Funny, it never made me feel good at all. And by the time we were in high school and college, we were more than abundantly aware that some guys were creeps. We just never knew what they would do. And this goes on our entire lives, even when we get older. Until we know you, we can't trust you. You are not entitled to carte blanche trust anyway. When a woman discusses a bad experience, rest assured, it is likely not her first bad experience. We already know, perhaps since we were little girls, that this is just how some guys are. Well, Boogie, (sighs) allow me to say (laughs) that I've always been on the fence about the whole Me Too movement. Because on the one hand, the listen to women when, when they speak up about the abuse that they have to endure is great. On the other hand, the... You have to believe them whether you like it or not. You never question them is something I have a huge problem with. Sure, there sure. is just a tad about that in this post that I did not agree with just because anybody, male or female, says, 
I was abused or this person did that to me. You're not entitled to get have people believe you without any proof. And that's the sucky part of being a victim of any kind of anything that's perpetrated on you. It's not just about abuse. Is that now you get doubly victimized because you have to be the person to prove that that's what they did to you. But guess what? That's kind of the free society we live in. So I have a problem with that. I always have. However, I know the experience that this woman is talking about so well, it's ridiculous. I can remember story after story after story that I won't bore you with that started all the way in fifth grade of adults never stopping the boys when they did stuff like that, never saying that was not okay, never telling girls, advocate for yourself, speak up, we will have your back. As a result, I grew up with this kind of example to the point where I, by the time I was in high school, you didn't question it. You just knew you had to be on your guard all the time. Because as a child, when you grow up with this stuff, you learn to cope with it. You learn to deal with it. You don't question it. And so by the time I got into middle of high school, when my mom sat me down and started telling me, look, if anybody touches you, if anybody, even, even if they didn't intend it, you come to me right away and I will have your back. That was great. But by the time that happened, I already had it completely ingrained in me that we had to be on the offensive and that you couldn't make guys realize that what they were doing was wrong. It was already ingrained in me that that's just the way they were. There's nothing you could do about it, that the best you could do was protect yourself, not go down a dark alley, do all the things that you were told to protect, to keep yourself safe. That kind of shit, Boogie, imprints on you so early on, and it makes it very difficult for you as an adult woman to advocate for yourself because it is part of your programming to just smile and let it go by, to be the bigger person, to find a way through it without making big commotion and being rude and obnoxious and being someone who speaks up and yells and draws attention to yourself. So I like this post because it addresses it from the moment it starts. And that's the moment that most people don't realize is when you're a very young girl and and it happens so often that you don't even know you're supposed to fight against it. Kathy? What? Kathy, I am sorry that those were your experiences. That absolutely sucks. I'm sorry that happened. Uh-oh. But? No. That's all oh. I'm supposed <laughs> to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and this is where I got butthurt and because and I'll talk about you know maybe a little validity of the feeling of butthurt but the understanding that my only job here and she spoke much more aggressively than than what you read and they can read yeah. it on our perverted podcast fat life group when we post it she was much more straightforward to guys to basically shut the fuck up and stop making it about you. And that's what the butt hurt is. So yeah. because I don't, I'm because I'm trying to go, well, what is my, what can I actually say? The only thing that I can really say is I'm sorry you had that experience. And I don't, even though I relate to the things that I was abused as a child or whatever, it was different than what you've been through and more systemic and, and ongoing. My abuse ended when I became an adult. And uh, I was able to get away from 
those situations. Uh, for a lot of women, it never ends. So I don't have an experience to that, and I can't speak to that. So as the poster recommends, my job, I believe, is to not make it about me because there's that part of me that as a guy, you're like, well, I got to fix this. You know, I got to fix women. And but what it's really about is me trying to make you say, even though you've had all these experiences, my job is to make you say in my head, no, no, Boogie, not you. You're not you're okay. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. I'm going to go ahead and just trust you right off the bat. You don't have to be vetted by me. All of my experiences in my life don't matter. All the shitty experiences I've had in this in this uh, realm, they don't apply to you. You're a good guy. That's yeah. I can't help that that's my feeling. And that butthurt comes like, hey, this isn't, I did, that's the, but yeah, that's how women feel too. That marginalization uh, yeah. is how women feel too, that they get thrown into this without their choice. And this is how people uh, in racism have feel this way too, that it's, they didn't cause, they, they didn't bring, they didn't invite this upon themselves. So the job of men, and I'm saying this in general, my job here, and the only thing that I think is valid is to try to develop empathy to understand that I don't understand and to say that sucks and it's okay that you don't trust me. Whether I think I am trustworthy or not, that doesn't matter. You have been through a process with multiple instances that have proven multiple times that men can be shitty and that you have to be defensive and on your guard. And I have to respect that process and step back. And it's not, it, it, at the end of the post, she does say something about, you know, I'm, if this isn't you, uh, I'm sorry that you have to answer for so many other assholes who, who behave badly. You're, you're getting painted with the same brush. I get it. But there's no getting around the fact when someone experiences any kind of a, assault or abuse, uh, what you would consider the most mild to the most extreme. You you don't bounce back from that. It alters your entire life. And this is the kind of attitude that alters almost every woman's life is, is that you just don't trust anymore. And it has affected me greatly. It didn't help that I didn't have a great father. I didn't have a great role, male role model. I had no one, no brothers, no father to protect me. I had a mother who worked her ass off and, and wasn't there all the time as much as she tried but the result is that I, I don't trust men. I have a great deal of difficulty communicating with them. And I take things ridiculously slow. And my interpersonal relationships have suffered because of that. Because most men don't want to jump through hoops. And nor should you have to if you don't want to move on. But it, they don't want to jump through hoops. They don't want any woman with a lot of baggage. They get offended easily if you don't trust them. They don't want to go slow. And so that immediately puts me at a handicap. And now that is all a result of what I experienced from a very young age. It it changes you and alters you forever. So, And it does suck that there are good men out there. 
and they get painted with the same brush. And they're gonna, they're the ones who are going to have to jump through hoops in order to prove they're paying for their, someone else's crime, in other words. And that's, and you know what? You're right. That sucks. Just like it sucks that women have to jump through all these fucking hoops to avoid all the creepy men. How much of my time did I spend as a youth? Did, uh, did I hear this going on from friends? Did I support this? Did I help create this environment? Was I this way? So, there's a lot of things that you can do to say, oh, we could have done things different or here's my responsibility here. But ultimately, this is the way it is. And my job is to react with empathy and to understand that nobody owes me trust. This is kind of easy for me because I don't fucking trust anybody, man or woman or animal or shark. I don't fucking trust anybody. So the idea that somebody expects you to trust them immediately, whether they've had bad experiences or not, I think is naive, immature, and actually kind of a red flag that this isn't going to be a person that's capable of empathy. I think everyone should approach things slowly and allow people to have whatever their process is and understand that it may cost the relationship i've had many partners uh in in the last years when i was with bunny and mew especially in that whole glorious time with the love lab there were many partners that came in and they had their baggage and whatever and even though we tried to create an environment to give them the time to trust or some of them did and it was great and some of them didn't or they didn't weren't in a position or i didn't earn that I don't deserve somebody's trust. If you are a man, just because you have a dick doesn't mean you deserve anybody's trust. So just back up a little. Just back up a little and let someone else be a human. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, then have some fucking empathy. Yeah. And it's a great, I got to tell you, it's a great post. And I hated chopping it up because she goes into more detail about how it progresses over the years. I kind of stopped in the adolescent phase, but it goes on to, and that's how it affects you as a grown adult. And and then when you've got boyfriends and girlfriends in college, and and this is what happens when you have your own kids and you see it happening again, it, it she comes full circle and that's, I think, why I liked it so much, because I'm now 56 years old and I can look back and remember so many instances on grammar school on the playground where there were adults there supervising. But for some reason, they didn't see or they didn't stop the many times that the guys would try and lift our skirts and they just thought it was fucking hilarious. And there we were all suffering because there was nobody to help us. Right. And and so this this post just um, a chronicled that very well and and i hope makes people who don't understand better understand how it starts early and why we all all most women will say god why are men so creepy why are there so many creeps i mean i know that guys get tired of hearing of that but there is a reason why we say that and this post is very well written in explaining that Sexy with a scalpel, half girl cuts up body parts. If you choose to fuck with her, it might not be that smart. Path girl, path girl, rocking hard path girl. Sexy with a scalpel, <laughs> pa 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 path girl. Hi, you boogie. Hi, blob cutter. <laughs> Some of my specimens are blobs. That's your new name. 
They they well they're blobish. Yeah. I mean Yeah. What'd you what'd you cut up that was interesting this week? Um I had a uterus yesterday for fibroids, which are little benign tumors that cause a lot of pain and bleeding. So yeah, sometimes they get like usually they're usually the size of like a half dollar or whatever. I've gotten them the size of like a watermelon. It's just insane how big they grow. <laughs> I am instantly regretting asking you what you cut up this week. And I think my perverted podcast listeners are asking me why I would ask you such. No, that's actually fascinating and awesome. Science is medical science is, is awesome. Yeah, on the dating side, guys are like, so what is the most interesting thing I've you ever cut up? I'm like, you you know, no, you don't want to know. No. <laughs> Well, some of the things when you uh, when you're chopping balls, <laughs> when you're ball chopping, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe yeah. not, maybe not the information. But that's a great way to start our segment. Watermelon uterus. That's the name <laughs> of our new band, by the way. And uh, with and we open for the um, ovary honeydews. And. Uh, it's going to be a great. It's a it's a whole festival. Oh gosh, come out on tour. of oversized vegetable <laughs> sex organs. <laughs> so, did you have any kinky fun? This is going to be great. Did you oh, have yeah. any kinky fun this week? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I did a scene last Saturday night with Doc. Um, had a nice uh, impromptu scene with some leather straps and a, a rubber serrated flogger, which I simultaneously absolutely love and hate because it's extra stingy. Oh, very good. Did some nice uh, dual Florentine dragon tails, which, yeah, that gets intense very quickly. <clears throat> um, and finished it off with uh, uh, a whip, actually. I've actually starting to become very fond of that whip. He's got that signal whip. But, uh, uh, yeah, very uh, – a lot of interactive back and forth, you know, fuck yous and, you know, I thought you liked me. and uh, <laughs> I thought you liked me. <laughs> I thought you liked me. <laughs> This is the way you show you love me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a strange lifestyle. I wouldn't beat you if you if I didn't like you. Okay, you're weird. Oh, that is now it's dark. Yeah, yeah. But the the interesting thing during the scene uh, at the end was a lot of times if I play really hard or especially if I'm in a sexual relationship with somebody um, I can get non nonverbal where for like a good four or five minutes, like I can't talk and I have little finger singles that signals that I tap my, onto my top, like, yes, I'm okay. And no, I'm not. But that usually happens with somebody I'm having sex with and doc and I are not having sex. And it's like, you knock me nonverbal. That's an interesting little, uh, tidbit. <laughs> well, maybe he's mind fucking you. Yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Maybe he's in. Maybe he's telepathically joining with your vagina <laughs> and your not watermelon-sized uterus, <laughs> and thus causing you to go nonverbal. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's he's possible. got skills. <laughs> it's possible. Well, I'm glad you had a great scene, and we're gonna keep the fun going. See what I did there? Because uh, we're uh, gonna talk about punishments. Yeah. That's uh, uh. yeah, good. So you you had actually uh, brought up that some people had asked you, I think, about some ideas for punishments, and so I'm like, well, we haven't talked about punishments in a while. We've talked about punishment uh, on the show a number of times, 
and kind of our different views, Kathy and I having uh, a little bit different views about punishments and, you know, are they, are they required? Are they necessary? Mm. Are they ethical? Blah, blah, blah. But punishments are a completely different world because they're fun. And it's really kind of that understanding about your partner of what is fun for them and maybe a punishment, whereas a punishment is kind of like a discipline. You've done something wrong and now you're going to do this thing that you don't like so we can correct the behavior in the dynamic. Mm. A punishment is kind of something somebody likes, but maybe it's like pushing the edge a little bit. Right. You know, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. Punishments. I mean, it's it, a lot of people, will ask like, what's a good punishment for my sub or whatever. And it's just like, it doesn't have to be straight hardcore punishment where you're doing something you don't want to do. It could be a mutually agreed upon something where, you know, that you're getting your point across, but it's not being cruel or some against somebody's uh, hard limits and stuff like that. Yeah. It's more like it, it, it's still fun, you know, because the person kind of likes it. And it's more like a consequence for, for bratty and you know, maybe a a bad behavior, but mm-hmm. not necessarily something that's like, you know, a lying, cheating, stealing. Right. Like, hey, this is a real character defect that we need to work on. Right, right. It's more like fun back and forth mm-hmm. in, in most cases. And it is a lot of fun. And it can, it can also be a very not fun thing if you're not understanding what's fun to your partner. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And even in that scope, if your partner is not like, say, uh, like with Bunny, when I was with Bunny, Bunny loves humiliation, but she also hates humiliation. So some of the punishments would be, you know, things that push that humiliation. And so you kind of got to know, you know, when is it fun and when is it not? Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, with with punishments, the whole idea it's it's supposed to be mutually agreed upon, and it's just you're not doing this to hurt somebody. You're just basically, you know, especially for brats, it's it really comes in handy for people who are like to brat or who are like to just even just push buttons. And it's just like you know, if you keep going down this road, you know, you're not going to get the spanking you want. You may get the spanking you need. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's go. I picked a few things that I think are good uh, punishments. And you picked a few things. So let's just go back and forth. If your partner is into humiliation. Now, once again, a lot of people are going to be like, fuck no. But remember, this was something that Bunny liked when we were together. Okay. Um, And she sewed diaper in public under clothes. (laughs) And making them go to Walmart and uh, pee in those diapers in the shoe aisle. Uh, while I was looking in her eyes, that obviously was a type of punishment that she hated, but then it made her incredibly horny. Um, and not even necessarily that has to be in public. It could be in the, in a, at a play party at a dungeon, you Mm -hmm. know, something like that. So for, for her, that was a lot of fun and she did also hate it. Yeah. I mean, something like that. I mean, you can do it in public cause you could do it under clothes. So you could, you could just kind of whisper to your sub and go, you know, you got to go here, right, right here, right now. And they're like, wait, what? And you know, so you're not really exposing your kink to the rest of the world, but yeah, doing it in public would be extremely humiliating. 
So now give me one of yours. Okay, one of the one of my favorite ones that I saw. I, I don't, I'm not sure where I saw it. Where is just some uh, a female submissive was bratting, and her dominant as punishment make, made her take one of those non permanent like tattoo markers, the ones you could wash off in the shower, and write all over her body. <laughs> I was being a brat, and like every square inch of her body that she could reach, and especially you know if a person's right handed trying to get in the right with their left hand on their right arm, it's like nearly impossible. <laughs> That was actually one of the ones I wrote where you could, well, obviously you can do that in private yeah. and then take pictures of it and, and, uh, humiliate them, you know, privately with right, that. Right. But you can also do things like that in the dungeon, like, or at a play party. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could do that where you've been a brat and now I'm going to write things on you. I have been naughty. I'm a brat. I, you know, I have poopy pants or, you know, something that's like silly mm-hmm. and fun. Or if you, um, which I've seen, if it's still in the realm of fun for the bottom as a punishment, maybe mm-hmm. pushing those boundaries a little bit, allowing other people to write those kind of embarrassing things on them. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've seen that. Before I see where- you're a brat, 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 brat. Yeah. I've seen that at a play party where somebody had a sign on their back says master says to write on me and they were carrying markers in their hand and people were writing different things on their body. It was, it was, it was incredible. <laughs> right. And that, and that's, a, I love how we're just, our, our punishment mentality is very linked because I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also had, have an embarrassing sign. Like, you know, you have those uh, TikTok puppy shaming videos mm-hmm. where people like put a sign over their dogs. I yeah. ate the, the, the cookie off the table you know putting that sign on on your bottom mm-hmm. while in a public place uh, obviously a kinky public place like a play party or something right. like that um and then just said i've been bad i'm a naughty brat mm-hmm. you know i'm a bad boy i'm a bad girl and then make them walk around all night yeah uh obviously is uh Creates a little bit of humiliation. Corner time. Oh, God, I hate corner Just time. Just flat out standing in, standing in the corner like a child mm-hmm. um, is very embarrassing and not in punishment. But you can also make it a punishment because they're standing in the corner. You can have them recite some type of thing like, I will not be bad to mommy or daddy. Right. And then they get a SWAT, which, of course, right. they like the SWAT. You know, I will not be, I, I will not squish bugs with daddy's shirt. Swat. I will not squish bugs with daddy's shirt. Squat. I will not squish bugs with daddy's shirt. Mew. It actually became a rule. Like, why my shirt? Because she always used to wear my shirts. Why my fuck? I like that shirt. And she's like, oh, a bug. And she had done it multiple times. And I'm like, I will beat you. <laughs> and not she had way. her list she still remembers she still remembers most of her rules and it was like don't stand on rolling chairs don't lend money to boyfriends don't get old you know <laughs> don't put your hair near fans which she failed that rule she failed that rule and it took 15 minutes to get her hair out of the fan, oh, even though she had a rule in place <laughs> to not put her hair by fans. That's why you have rules. <laughs> She's like, ah, I failed. I failed the rule. I failed the rule. I'm yes, sorry, Daddy. Pumpkin, I'm sorry, just, Daddy. <laughs> just, 
just relax. I can pull the cover off. We'll just spin it the opposite way. We caught it in time. It was a shitty fan. Aww, it didn't rip anything. Poor Mew. Oh, God. Punishments. Punishments are necessary. Or make them eat a food they really don't like that much. Oh, yes. Maybe not. It like, makes them sick or gross. Mm-hmm. But something that they don't like while you eat the food that they do like in front of them. Yes, yes. Or uh, Like you get... Yeah, or, or like uh, one thing I was talking about with uh, one person I was dating, I the majority of my clothes are black. So making me wear like hot pink to like a kink event <laughs> and the whole night just like you – know, there's been times if I wear a blue shirt, people eyeball me going, why are you wearing a blue shirt, like a dark blue shirt? But it's just like, yeah, make me wear like a hot pink outfit to a kink event. I would – no, I would be miserable. Like a flower pattern dress oh, or something. No, no. Red, red, every shade of red. No, no, I give that. No. Does Doc listen to this show? Uh, see, I don't have any punishments with him. I mean, we take it all out and scene, but yeah, if I if he was my dom or you do now. Oh, oh god. I'm supposed to go to a kink. Just like a just like an oversized thrift store 1980s poofy off pattern flower oh. dress. Here you go, pumpkin. Uh, no, I actually have, and it's in my mom's closet back in New York, my prom dress from my senior year. It was hot pink with poofy shoulders, like total 80s, like oh. go, like valley girl dress. And it's just like, yeah, making me wear that to the dungeon, I will just be miserable and crying going, I'm so sorry, I won't ever do it again. Please, can I take the dress off? But in a sense, that's kind of awesome because now you got the whole Beetlejuice Lydia thing where if you do like dark makeup and some dark bangs, you know, and then you wear that because that's the Beetlejuice like wedding scene. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so then I don't know about you, but I would think that was kind of (laughs) hot. But flower pattern dress. Pretty, pretty good. So, kids, there's hopefully some ideas on some good punishments. Remember understand the place your partner is at. If you are going to give anything with the end punishment, that it is a potential trigger to cause harm. And so it needs to be in the right place to where if you're trying to teach a lesson and you have agreed that that is part of your dynamic, if your dynamic does not include the top giving instruction and creating little lessons for the bottom, then that is not your dynamic. Right. But if it is your dynamic, and these are some fun things that you can do that are relatively harmless and can end up being pretty fun. And on top of that, maybe have a list of like three or four punishments you can kind of go to. So that way, if somebody starts acting up, it'll be like, well, you know, if you keep it up, you're going to put that pink dress on. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll behave. Fantastic idea. Is a zebra labia all covered with stripes? Seek our godly wisdom on some fucking advice. Boogie, why is anybody listening to us give advice? I mean, Because why, we're Boogie, awesome. Because oh, we're gods. Oh, because we sing neat parody songs at the beginning of shows and then match uh-huh. perfectly with each other. We finish oh, each other's we? sentences. Do we? Yeah, we do. Okay. We should well. make an album. Oh, God, please. Why not? <laughs> no. You know I can write songs like fucking mad. I'll write, I'll write I us can. an album in a week. All right. You write us an album in a week, and I will go on to this week's letter to us from somebody who wishes to remain anonymous, which we totally honor. <laughs> 
You never have to tell us your name, but we will talk about your shit all over the You air. never have to admit that you asked us for advice. That's why people <laughs> ask to be anonymous, Kathy. <laughs> they don't want to admit yeah, it. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the, they're, they're afraid of being found as kinky. It's just like, I don't want people to know that I fucking got so desperate I needed Kathy and Boogie's advice. I'm just Because that's, that's low. That's the bottom of that's the, the barrel, bottom of the barrel. All right. Let's give our lovely advice then. All right. He says, I have another question for the podcast. I'd like to be anonymous. Currently, I'm single and looking for a relationship. But in the meantime, I've taken to seeing a particular dame to fulfill a role play fantasy I've had for a long time. However intimate the playtime is, I know that this is a transactional arrangement. And I have to remind myself of that from time to time. Knowing this is the case, I've started looking for other dames who might be interested in playing this scene with me. Am I cheating on the first dom? What is my obligation to tell her I'm looking for playtime with another dame? My scene is kind of specific, and in the community, it would be easy to figure out who I am. Mm, This is a very intriguing and complex question. This is I don't even know where this came from. I never saw this. You told me this when you pointed to it. You no, said I thought like, I was pointing to the to the daddy dom online one. But this oh is a great God. question. This is a really, yes. really great question. And yes, because transactional doesn't necessarily he he describes it as a transactional arrangement. Transactionally doesn't mean an exchange of funds. It just means I know what I we've made an arrangement because I this is what I want from you, and you're like, then this is what I want from you. Sweet, it matches perfectly. Let's do that. You're finished, you're done, you leave, and then you meet again. You meet simply for this one kind of scene, and you know them's is the rules. Right. But then and I've run into this because being polyamorous means as a submissive who can who is polyamorous. What is my obligation to one dom over another? Are they just doming me during the few hours that we're together and then I get to go off and do whatever the fuck I want any other time? How does that mess with that person's head? And do you <laughs> am I even obligated to bring it up if this is simply a transactional encounter? Well, this is a great uh, time for us to once for the, I don't know, 351st time say what a great conversation to have with the person that you are playing with if you have not my point of view is if you have not had conversations about what you do with someone being exclusive or being building towards some sort of relationship or dynamic then that is just a date and you're not i mean it would be advisable for you to talk about that type of play. Hey, would you be offended if I, 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 I can't even see how that would work. If, if both parties have not said, Hey, we're in a relationship now, right? Then I don't really see there as being any obligation. If you want to do this same types of play now, then every time you talk and you disclose and you negotiate with someone, you usually have a better chance of not stepping on toes or hurting feelings or, or messing with people's assumptions or whatever. So obviously talking about it with that partner and because we don't know the transaction, whether, you know, you say it may be money, it may be some other type of transaction. Maybe he's baking her, her favorite type of cookies and then putting them in her asshole afterwards. I don't know. Could Ah. be, could be any, I know you don't like food, Billy, Um, but I've been, 
missing pussy cookies a lot. And so have some of ah. our listeners, but, uh, <laughs> but ultimately that really is a conversation that you can have depending on what the, tra- if it's a financial transaction, you have no obligation. That's a pro dom. That is a pro dom yeah. and go play uh, with whoever you want that, that transaction, that money is the transaction. That is what is you negotiate the play scene. And then after that, there is no relationship. Right. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but it can get very tricky very quickly. There's something that he says is very telling. He says, I know it's transactional and I have to remind myself of that from time to time. That clearly indicates to me that, that you can, that he's somewhat easily slipping into a more bonded sort of frame of mind. That is not something you can control. Human beings, that's the Mm. way our minds work. You can't stop it. You do start to bond with someone with whom you're engaging in a very intimate act. I don't care whether it involves sex or not. You have to trust that person. You have to get near that, physically near that person, emotionally near that person. You put them, you put yourself at their mercy to some extent because that is a power exchange. If you allow that to happen and you start having a better and better experience with it every time, like it or not, you're going to start bonding with them. Mm -hmm. And that goes both ways because there came a time when Creative Explorer and I were after it was at least a year and a half into the relationship where I knew that I was starting to bond with him more and more. How could I not? And even though we were only meeting once a week and I try, I knew this is a fucking big quicksand quagmire kind of swampy area. I better bring this up because this has a potential to go bad because I know I can bond pretty hard with people. Unfortunately, because he had cognitive impairments that didn't allow him to really access his emotions, we weren't able to ever have a a decent conversation. What happened was that years and years went by of this kind of transactional uh, um, interactions that for me became very intense and I didn't see the fall coming. So it doesn't matter how long you see somebody. I have known people who, for whatever reason, bond so quickly with this one particular person because they they just are so perfect for them in so many ways. And you don't see it coming and all of a sudden you're bonded. And in a power exchange, he's absolutely right that he he's asking himself the right question. Sure. What is my obligation to this person when I'm looking for another play partner? And that's a question that is even harder to answer when all you're engaging in is poly play. If you're polyamorous, there's a mechanism there for figuring that stuff out. You're supposed to sit down and have sit across from a table and discuss things with you and their partners and your partners and Everybody supposed it's it's expected, but poly play is slightly different. And when you start doing poly play more frequently with the same person, you become you get go, get in danger much more quickly of letting things slide to the point where you're already bonded but without even realizing it. I agree. So you're saying this is more on obviously his his end his his questions, but he is the, also the one that's going out and seeking other female dominance to have this specific type of play that he wants. Right. So this is about him getting what he wants and he's trying to decide uh, if there is a protocol in place to maybe spare the feelings of the, the dominant. Um, I mean, we only get what we get from what they write. 
So, you know, I can't, I can only comment on that. But once again, I will stick with, if this is a financial uh, transaction where she is a female paid dom, then it is a 99% chance that she is not attached to you and doesn't give two fucks uh, what you do afterwards. There's, you know, you can still get attached to people, even if they're clients, that is a, a possibility. But in general, people that are professionals, um, they have a certain level of detachment that they have prepared in themselves prior to accepting money in exchange for play. But if the right. transitions uh, transactions are different and emotional or like you talked about, then absolutely there's there's nothing wrong with going. So what is the protocol with me going and playing with other dominance? Do we have some sort of dynamic or is this just our play? Yeah. And then you allow the other person to answer for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Communication, people. Communicado. Perverted mailbox. Yeah. We haven't. I haven't done a perverted mailbox. I think since since I got back. So this this is interesting because I'm a very greedy and. <laughs> And, and and kind of selfish person when I see an email, I'm all, oh, goody, what do they have to tell me? Funny you should say that, Kathy. I don't think we've done a perverted mailbox since you left. I think we you did, evil people. We did one, and then uh, I think there's a couple now in there, but we just, you know, they, you know, we got to go in there and see how you they have apply. neglected our listeners i have there was a it was a pretty dry spell perverted podcast at gmail.com i think people are just like i don't want to hear boogie read this <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well now you're here but this email is especially good <laughs> it's especially important to you it's because... important to me because of the last show this is delilah wrote to us in reference to your n- scabby nipple story boogie Yes. Scabby nipple. She says, I don't have a scabby nipple story, but I do have a scabby sex story. This is going to be good, Boogie. I can tell already. (laughs) She says, my high school partner and I were fucking fiends. We would have all kinds of sex everywhere. We would often meet at the school, sneak away to the apartment he lived in with his mom, hide in the bushes to make sure she went off to work, and then spend the entire day in his bed. Can I just interject here and say that sounds like a lovely day as far as I'm concerned? I'm just thinking about a bed. <laughs> just, <laughs> You're like, a bed would be good at this point. <laughs> just the bed. I mean, I got my own hug pillow. I can. Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. She goes on to say, one day we were aggressively fucking on my bedroom shag carpet, and I ended up with rug burns on the tops of my feet. Ooh. That's got to hurt. A few days later, we attended a Fugazi show at which I wore a pair of tights. Fugazi! And when... Oh, my God. I am a patient boy. I wait, I wait, I wait, I wait. One of the coolest bass lines. Do, 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 do. And then triplets. Do, 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 do. I'm sorry. I was going off on Fugazi. Oh, my God. Are you through? Yeah. Okay. She says, when I got home, I found that my scabs had grown over my tights. See, it happened. I literally had to rip them off like a Band-Aid. Oh, but Boogie, Uh I'm in horror right now. Uh, This is is a great story that comes from fucking too hard. This isn't a story about scabby nipples for no reason whatsoever. Whatever. (laughs) The bottom line is it exists. It is real. 
the trauma is real, and Delilah validated my scabby nipple. <laughs> That what she did. You have to be. You. you have to be careful. If you get an abrasion, it can leak, and if it leaks into the clothing and dries, it will rip away. There's nothing you unless she she probably could have soaked her feet, but oh. I couldn't soak my nipple because I don't have a bathtub or a bed. I could just see you filling a bucket and then <laughs> dipping a nipple over just it. Just dipping a nipple in storage. <laughs> the manager just walks by, just looks in. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, walks. He's just, just like dipping my nipples here. Just nipping, dipping, <laughs> nipping the dipples. Oh, he's my, just so like, god disgusting. damn, I got to reevaluate my life choices. Oh my god, <laughs> I have a scabby mosquito story, uh, mosquito bite story. It was the same thing. I had my mosquito bites turned into blisters, and one was on my elbow, and I was wearing a sweater at work. And I guess, unbeknownst to me, the blister popped and then started to scab. By the end of the day, my sweater was stuck to my blister See? and I had to oh. rip it off. Oh, so you do understand. You do Yes, understand. because of a blister, not just because my nipple happens to be there and, oh, scabby, bloody nipple. That doesn't just happen for no reason. I have a, I have a theory here that you that there's a missing piece to the story. You were doing something with your nipple that caused it to bleed. It did you stop bleeding yes. spontaneously? Yes, I was on my imaginary island in my mind so hard <laughs> scaling coconut trees to get my wild coconuts that uh-huh. I chafed. I'm, I, I thought so well about my fantasy of not wanting to be here that I actually psychologically chafed my nipples. That's what happened, really? Oh, my A dream chafing on a coconut tree. Dream chafing. That's a thing. Okay. Well, I will. I believe you, Bookie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Delilah, for the vindication. And, of course, rubbing in our noses how how much fucking D you got when you were younger. I know. God. She's probably still getting all that D, and here we are just getting bitten by mosquitoes and hugging our pillows. I'm so lonely I could touch my own butt. It's been so long since I played that I'm more a virgin than a slut. I spank and slap my pillow every time I get the itch. I squeeze a tube of toothpaste and I call it my naughty bitch. I'm fucking lonely. So to our perverted podcast listeners, most of you know that I am an expert in a great many things. <laughs> that I am a supreme being. And that that's okay. I've put in a lot of time. I am, an, I am such an expert in impact play that I can tell the difference between many toys impacting many skins. Which Path Girl, of course, is like, that's bullshit. You're full of shit. <laughs> You don't know that. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. She does not understand that I, after years of training, I have honed my eardrums to differentiate between the slightest subtleties and variations of objects versus flesh. Skin elasticity. Uh Lipid density and disbursement. Which, in layman's terms, is does she have a fat ass or a small ass? Hell yes, I do. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> so I can hear, like, if whatever toy you get hit by, 
I will exactly know what type of toy you are be hitting. But I'm you're being hit. By. I am curious to see how how close you can get because especially I didn't tell you I didn't give you a list of any toys that I was going to pick from. I just basically went through mine and Doc's bag and just picked out a bunch of them and let let's let let's test the love god. To let our listeners know, I had Path Girl. I said, okay, fine. You go have Doc set up your cell phone, put it by your ass, and have him hit you with four different things. And I will hear it, Mm -hmm. and I will tell you exactly what that is. I don't know the order. I don't know the toy. I don't need to. I am an expert. Challenge accepted. (laughs) From years of impact play and also years of being a musician and a world-class music producer. Mm-hmm. I can tell when a bass drum or a kick drum is muddy or out of phase. So I can tell whether it's a cane flogger or something else hitting your mighty ass. <laughs> well, we'll see how right you are. I'll just call it number one. Okay. This is the, you you numbered them one through four. Right. So let us listen to this. And our perverted podcast listeners at home can test their expertise. Email us at pervertedpodcast.gmail.com and see if your expertise is at the level of mine. Right. So let's go ahead and listen. I'm going to go ahead and play the first one. Okay. Mm. Hmm. What do you think? Okay, okay. Uh, first off, I noticed kind of a mild reaction. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is a toy you probably like. Yeah. Because because it wasn't a, a you know, we'll get into some of them. It, it gets a little intense. Oh, yeah. So I listen. And first off, I will say, this is not an expert recording. Sorry, my lord. <laughs> there... There are there's yeah. reverbs and I think I can even hear uh, sound waves bouncing off a fucking dog or something yes, in the room. There, there. Uh, I will preface that some of these you'll hear a click, 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 like nails on a wooden floor. Yeah, that's their dog walking around. We did this in their living room. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I noticed that. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm gonna say upon listening again that this was the flat end of an ovulating halibut fish and your ass was covered in i believe hummus close <laughs> i don't like hummus <laughs> well that's why it gave yes, that tone yes. hummus has a very grainy garbanzo beanie kind of tone the I, my first guess was a slapper uh no actually it was not you want to keep guessing or no no okay. one guess one guess okay and then this one was actually a riding crop so in the same family which at the end of a riding club is a slapper no. so uh yes and of course the lack of reverberation mm-hmm. uh disbursement in the room would not let you hear the whip of the staff right. of the writing crops. So, in other words, I was correct. Uh, okay, point one for Boogie. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because <laughs> it's a little slapper at the uh, end of a crop. Okay, okay, I'll give you that one. Number two. Let's listen to number two. Okay. 
Mm. Okay, let's see if we can figure out this one, love God. A little more intense here, mm. getting starting to pick up the pace. I could definitely tell there was a rounded. I'm going to say petrified ore from an unused Titanic life raft, possibly dipped in oil extracted from the smoker's lungs of an asthmatic capybara. Mm. Had a smoky sound. Or it was a wood paddle. Uh, no. No, completely out of out of the uh, out of the uh, the uh, paddle thing. It was actually a leather flogger, and if you actually listen very carefully, you can kind of hear the shh noise of like him pulling it through his hands and then hitting me with it. Hmm. Hmm. You might have to go listen to that one again, but you could you could definitely hear the shh shh. Hmm. Not. Uh... Dipped in smoker's lungs of an asthmatic no, copy bar. No, not, not, nothing to do with the Titanic, unfortunately. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, one point from me. I don't know why I failed that one, but I, I did, apparently. Let's go on to number okay. three. <laughs> yes, indeed, it does sound like you were running away, but that was the dog. <laughs> It sounded like it was getting intense, and you were like, oh, 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 yes. and like running away. But then I'm like, wait a minute, that's clicking. I would be scared if you had claws that clacked on a hardwood floor quite like that. Yes. So. So, but I, I instantly I heard it, and I'm like, oh, duh, that's dried llama penis. I could hear that anywhere. <sighs> No doubt about it. Because you can tell, because if you dry them out, they flatten and it gives like a belt sound. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say dried llama penis or, or a belt. Um, you're actually very close. It's a leather strap. So if you were to think about it, um, it's kind of like a doubled over uh, belt. So yeah, I'll give you a point for that one. Score one for you. Damn. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not feeling good about myself right now. Why? You actually got that one right. No. <laughs> Don't hand me a fucking win. Don't hand me. Let me either steal it, bullshit it. <laughs> just hand it to me. <laughs> Fine. Here's the fourth one. Pervertpodcast at gmail.com okay. if you're getting closer than I am. Okay. <laughs> this one I know. I know. Oh. Let's listen to this okay. one. Oh, fuck. Yes. This this one was oh yeah this this is oh <laughs> fuck 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 ouch 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 yeah fuck 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 that's that that's the one right there George <laughs> I could instantly tell and our I'm sure all of our British UK listeners could tell that is a British emergency traffic cone filled with spotted dick. You can hear the tone. And by the way, for those aren't in the UK, <laughs> spotted dick is kind of a breaded pudding kind of thing. Uh, it's it's lovely yes. when you get a chance to have some spotted dick in your mouth, for sure. <laughs> I think uh, Michael Jackson had a spotted dick. Oh, Yes. That's what one of the uh, accusers said. Too soon? He's dead. He is dead. So it was either the emergency traffic cone filled with spotted dick or a baton or bat? Um, no. 
so this was actually, and this is, I, I hate this. I've, I've only had it used on me this time. It is a chain loop that's covered in like a, uh, r- like a clear plastic. So it's basically kind of like getting hit with like, like a plastic coated chain. <laughs> that's not even a normal toy. It, that might as well be a British fucking traffic emergency code code filled with spotted you, dick. It's the official name of it. It's called the fuck you, sir. But yeah, it's a chain loop. Whatever. <laughs> hey, it got a good reaction, didn't it? You did. You did. A you nice, did. Nice you verses. and the dog ran around the room. And her, then the dog thinks it's all fun. <laughs> oh, look, you're jumping around, too. I do that when I have to pee or I'm stealing food. <laughs> you're yipping around like me. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, all I can say is I am still an expert. You're still a love god? You got two out of four. I, I got none. I, I can... No, you got the leather strap and the riding prop. Don't placate me with... With just handing me shit. <laughs> but whatever. Pervertedpodcast.gmail.com. It was fun. It's fun to fail. And it's fun to hear Path Girl yip around a room. Yay! That's the end of... That was a foghorn you heard just now. That is the end of show 350, Boogie. No, Can it's, you believe it's it? actually 351, Kathy. That was last No, it's 350. Show. No, we just... I just oh. uploaded... Three, it's 351, crackhead. I'm, checking, I'm changing it right now. Not that that does any good. <laughs> 351, everybody! <laughs> Please visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. You can tell that we need the five bucks a month. But I can't even remember what I'm doing from one second to the next. And consider becoming a supporter by contributing any old amount you want. Don't forget that you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I am a whore and I'm constantly looking at our email to see what you guys are saying. Or you know what? You can send us a message to our Perverted Podcast Fat Life profile, cleverly entitled Perverted Podcast. Thank you, Kathy. That was show 351. I told you. That, of course, you did. <laughs> Thank you so much to Headley, our glorious show sponsor. And, of course, Perverted Podcast is looking for other sponsors and a way to sell your products. Give us a give us an email at pervertedpodcast.gmail.com if you got something you want us to sell at the beginning or the end of the show. Prices are cheap, cheap, cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Not as cheap as underselling my guitar. Oh, <laughs> but God, no. I'm keeping it now. Ah. <sighs> Oh, also, I'm uh, the Reykjavik sugar mama thing. It's, that's that's a real thing. That's I have a passport. Uh-huh. Oh. I have a passport. I'll I give massage. I'm a, I'm good. I used to have a license. I was accredited. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be good at it anymore. I'll just lay on you now. Massage is a lot of work, Kathy. Uh, believe me, I know. I, I, you know, I used to pay for that, and that guy was sweating at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus Christ! Well then, God damn it, we will see you guys next time for three fifty-two. Yay! You can put a vision a suit under those clothes; it'll still be slimy. Whoa! I'm not fooled. 
you better be patient. You better be patient.